everybody welcome to the power hour of love i'm charbo and with me is el bandito hey el bandito <laughs> how's it going tonight oh man i'm having a great night we're so excited to be back here for the new year for the new power hour man and we're just stoked to get things going we got a great episode for all you beautiful people out there tonight we are going to cover the 50 most anticipated games of 2018 that's right folks they have got all sorts of awesome stuff coming out this year and we're going to run the gamut covering all of it oh yeah man i mean it, it, it's like you know, that's one thing, man. When the year turns, it's like it's exciting because, you know, the next stuff is coming out. You know, I know when we hear about most of these things that like E3 and stuff, it's like, oh, man, that ain't coming out until like 2018. But we're here. You know, we probably have a couple more months to wait for some of the stuff that we're looking forward to. But, man, I'm sure there's some really hot stuff coming out even in this month. But we're going to get to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've got a couple of titles that are dropping just next week. So it should be pretty super exciting. A couple, I think, might even be coming out tomorrow. But we're going to do a quick rundown because it's 50 games. We're not going to bore you guys with a bunch of details about every single little one, but uh, we're just going to go over them and you know, check out the year in anticipation. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it should be pretty exciting. Also, uh, in the middle of our show today, we're going to be doing our first Infinity War countdown segment. So as most of you guys know, the Avengers 3 is going to be coming out later this year in May. Uh, it's going to be titled Infinity War, and it looks like Thanos is coming to Earth to jack the Avengers up oh, and yeah. get his hands back on all of his Infinity Stones. Um, so we're doing a countdown to that by taking the original six Avengers that came out in the original film, and we're going to rate each and every one of them right here on the show, give you a little bit of history and backstory to each of the characters, because so many of them have these rich 50, 60, 70-plus year histories and legacies that go back and incorporate so much more than what we see in the MCU. So we're going to give you guys just a little bit of a taste of that. Then we're going to put a, our official rating on each Avenger. We're going to let you guys vote on your favorite Avenger. Oh, yeah. And then we are going to dub the Power Hour of Love's Avenger Supreme number one right before Infinity War comes out. So make sure to tune in for that segment a little bit later or actually stick around for that segment a little bit later and, oh, yeah. uh, and make sure to vote. You know it, man. And, you know, like we say, man, we're the power hour of love, man. So we're always talking about stuff that we love. And, you know, what we'd really love for you guys to share the love. So, man, if you can go ahead and hit that share button and share this on your wall, man, that'd be awesome, man. Get your friends in here so they can listen to us talk about some video games they can talk about. Feel free, man, jump into some comments down here. You know, we want to hear what you guys think, too. What are you looking forward to, man? And just share that love, man. Let's get the party going. Absolutely. You want to kick off our countdown of games? 
You know it, man. Let's do it. All right. Now, we wanted to be fair. We didn't put these in any particular order. We ran straight through them in alphabetical order. <laughs> so that's that's how we did it here. You know, excluding the thes and ands and crap like that. But we'll go ahead and jump in with our number one. Anthem. Oh, man. I know a lot of people that I've talked to are waiting for this one, too. I Let me see. Is he down there? Oh, man. Party man. Will. He's in the <laughs> comments. I know. The party man. This is. I. I don't know if this is his most anticipated game of 2018, but it, 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 he'll have to let us know, man. What do you think about this one, El Bandito? Dude, I thought this looked insane. This did come out at E3 last year. They did a little presentation of it, and basically, what it is is you're like an independent mercenary warrior who lives on this lush alien world, and you get to you know pony up in one of these awesome mech suits, oh, yeah. and then just head out there and start kicking butt in whatever agenda you personally have for. Def- you know, kick an alien monster ass. You know? Absolutely. So it super looks like a hell of fun game with a lot of cool sci-fi adventure stuff going down in it, and I'm excited to check this out. Absolutely, man. I, I, I'd say ditto to that, man, because it, it did the demo that we got at E3, it seems like you can run around, explore the world on your own, but then also if your buddies are in the game, they can also join you as you explore this world wild world is this take i don't know this take place on earth or is this kind of like its own world or something no i'm pretty sure this is an alien environment because i know in one clip that they show there's like a giant like 100 foot monster that comes out of some ocean thing but you're able to fly around in these little jet packs you know and it's not like in fallout where you were sure and then you you know go up 10 feet and then that's it no this is like you just have free flight like iron man style and you're just flying around doing stuff so this really looks like it has a lot of neat things going for it it looks like it's got a little bit of that armored core element where a lot of the game is going to be packing out your armor gear and stuff like that so it really looks pretty exciting i think you guys should all keep an eye out for it it's kind of one of the biggest games to me this is one of my biggest most anticipated games so do do we have any idea when this is coming out like is it second quarter no like i said i didn't record any of that stuff i was like whatever (laughs) (laughs) like it's just anticipating (laughs) sure no absolutely no definitely you know but it's coming 2018 awesome absolutely next up on the list man we got a wild one here uh, we got A Way Out. Oh, man. Okay. Well, what, what's this game all about? Well, this one here is created by Hazelight Studios. It's led by the man behind the superb Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. You remember that game? Yes. Yeah, that game got a lot of acclaim. Yeah, so this one's going to be a, two, a two-player a two co-op game. It's about two men trying to break out of prison. So I guess basically that's what you're doing is you're playing through this story kind of in an early 1970s setting oh, of, cool. of breaking out uh, of a prison. So it says it makes use of various like gameplay elements like shooting, driving, crawling, you know, the, okay. that kind of basic physical problem stuff. Um, but this one I do have. It says it should be out March 23rd. So that one's coming soon. Hey, you know, all I got to say is there better be like a uh, Ernest Goes to Jail expansion <laughs> where you get electrocuted and start shooting guys with electricity. I know Party Man will know what I'm talking about. Hey, Justin McPatches has joined the party, man. Look What's up, that. buddy? I'm going to move my stream deck thing over here. I, c- I can't see it through my microphone. I didn't realize where I'd set it down. Oh, man. Put it over here. <laughs> Jimmy P's on here, too, man. He says what? this one's definitely on his list. So, nice. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. I mean, I like the concept. I mean, yeah. prison movies from the 70s, you know, are always a, a favorite, you know? Yeah, Maybe like Now you could have your own Shawshank Redemption, right? <laughs> I guess that's a little earlier than the 70s, but, you know. Yeah, but it's the same concept, you know. Well, hopefully not a lot of the same the same 
themes, but the same concept. Well, definitely. You know, also, uh, Jimmy here is saying that the the thing is is that uh, people, I guess, can join you online even if they don't own the game. So I guess that's kind of a cool uh, thing there. So, yeah. Yeah, well, hey, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for filling us some extra uh, info on this one, man. A way out. That sounds pretty cool. Absolutely, man. All right, next up. We got Attack on Titan. Oh, man. I got to say, man, <laughs> I know a lot of our friends are big fans of this show. Yeah. I know we've watched some episodes, and this shit is crazy as hell. Uh, <laughs> man. I don't know what they're doing in this show. I mean, just watching it's scary enough. I can imagine <laughs> playing a game with this on there, man. That, yeah. that would be just nuts. So definitely based off the famous TV series and film series and stuff, you know, this game is just going to be kind of a story playthrough of the... Uh, of the series tv show <laughs> yeah well definitely like i said i know you know just watching the action on the show i could see this being a cool like action horror survival kind of sure. thing you know as you're trying to avoid these giant giants the <laughs> naked giants that's the other thing you know but i'm sure there's a lot that you know goes into the story that we don't know about that could probably expand on the gameplay and stuff but um you know definitely yeah i'm sure this will be one that everyone will be looking to check out absolutely man all right, next up, we got Battletech. Oh, man, Battletech's coming back? Oh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's the, the original Battletech creator, Jordan Weissman, heading up the team behind the latest take on this mech combat game. Oh, uh, man. It's going to be a turn-based strategy game, and uh, it was funded on Kickstarter. Oh, that's great, man. I love Kickstarter games, man. I got quite a few of them in my Steam library, and they're yeah. always like, like, you can just tell that those have so much heart in them. I mean, not to say that, you know, these... Uh, you know, the, these these company-made titles are, are, are less heart. But, I mean, like, you can tell people that really care about those franchises and stuff put them into these uh, Kickstarter games. So that's awesome, man. When, any idea when this one's going to be due out? This one does not have a date on it, no. Okay, okay. Well, that, that you know, that's another thing you always kind of have to expect with those Kickstarter games is, you know, sometimes they can take a little bit longer, but usually they're worth the wait. Absolutely, man. Yeah, they come out with some good stuff, and I'm excited to see that there's a couple of Kickstarter games on here tonight. Awesome. So, you know, the, the indie franchises are really breaking out there, and I love that. Excellent, man. Hey, what's up, Kelly Jade? What's up, Jamie Lee? Man, we're, we're filling up in here. We love it, man. Let us guys know what you <laughs> think about these upcoming games, man. 2018, bunch of cool stuff. Absolutely, man. Now, I know, Senior Boyle, this is one that you put on the list, man. The oh. Call of Cthulhu game, the official video game. So what do they got cooking over it? It's uh, HP Lovecraft. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's what's cool is like, you know, throughout the years, you know, they've tried to make different Call of Cthulhu video games you know, based on the various uh, mythos. And while they've been good, actually, I would say like, you know, of course, they'd already created, you know, Morrowind and, and some of the other Elder Scrolls games. Bethesda actually took their swing at it back in like 2006 and they created a pretty scary first person uh, horror game, you know, mm -hmm. Call of Cthulhu. But man, this this upcoming one, I, I, same thing. I believe this is through like crowdfunding. Like, yeah, man, th this looks so like like you're playing like one of the fantasy flight games, but you're completely immersed. You know, you're an investigator in the 1920s. You're going around, you're searching for clues, awesome, man. and you're trying to stop those great old ones from returning you know so yeah definitely i think this is going to be one to look out for and if horror is your bag man go back to one of the original masters of horror man come on stephen king cites this guy as a <laughs> reference i mean you know 
Stephen King, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff, man. No, we've definitely played enough of the board game variations of Cthulhu Mythos that I'm sure this game, it's, it has so much to draw from, you know, that there's no way this can't be a good game, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Party Man Will down here just said that Elite Dangerous was a Kickstarter game, too. Oh, so, yeah. So, man, I mean, th- these, these Kickstarter games, what's cool is, like, you know, a lot of times people will be like, hey, you know, I'd love for that to have a sequel. And, I mean, mm-hmm. just some of these major companies just don't see, like, the big dollar signs in it but then it gives the opportunity for us fans you know to yeah. fund these games and then them to make these awesome uh additions so absolutely hopefully call it a few i think i think this one's going to be coming out later in the year closer to like yeah. halloween and stuff like that but well speaking of halloween watch. independent games kickstarters all that man i mean i know you funded the kickstarter for uh Friday the 13th again. Yes. And absolutely. you got all this exclusive content and stuff that oh, like yeah. regular players can't even buy. Like I got in late on the game. I can't even get it. Oh, it's <laughs> killer, man. It's killer. So yeah, man, check out your local Kickstarter. See what's shaking out there. Got some good stuff, I'm sure. Um, another one here that, I mean, this, this, okay, wait, I don't know if this is an indie game. I was about to say it's an indie game without even checking, but they got Concrete Genie coming out. Huh. So this game, it's, it's a pretty game. It comes from the makers of Entwined. It's about a teenage uh, artist who explores his gloomy hometown using a magic quill to create living art in order to defeat a gang of bullies. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, so it's kind of like, isn't there a a Marvel superhero that could do this or a villain that could like use art and like they paint something and it comes alive? I I think there's that's not someone I'm familiar with. I know I've read that in like horror books and stuff before. I know we played a D and D campaign with characters like that in it. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's almost like a Pikmin's model. There we go. yeah. We're pulling some uh, <laughs> some HP Lovecraft back out there, but um, so yeah, this looked pretty cool. Oh man, definitely. Hi, Katie D. Hi, Max D. Everyone, what's going on? Keep throwing <laughs> in those comments. We love it. All right, we got Crackdown Three, man. Now this is definitely some superhero laden action because this <laughs> is about you know you being taking up a superhero mantle and kind of going out and cleaning up a city, man. So this this is a super cool series. I mean, if you don't know what Crackdown. Is like man, they throw it out for free on Xbox Live all the time. Oh, I definitely. mean, this thing is the jam. You got to check it out. One thing I remember about the first Crackdown was that like when it first came out, like certain PCs weren't even like they didn't even have the specifics to run it at its highest setting yet. <laughs> so they, they had to let it catch up. That's how advanced the graphics were for the game. I don't know if that's so much for the third entry, but I just remember that as like being a monumental thing for Crackdown. So definitely, it's gonna look awesome. Absolutely, yeah. It was a super wicked game, man. What's uh, next? It has a big destructible environment and all, so that was always something I really liked. But The Crew 2 is coming out. Okay, what's about what, what's up with The Crew? It's a sequel to Ubisoft's open world auto racer from 2014. Uh, this isn't just about racing pretty cars, all right? You race pretty much everything, oh, right? Cool. So you get to uh, in- include airplanes, dirt bikes, boats, high-performance sports cars on closed tracks, and the open world street racing cars. So it's just, it, it's a really, like open world sort of forza you know? that's pretty cool what would you guys like to race man would you want to be flying the planes you gonna be flying the the cars or flying driving the cars driving the boats <laughs> you know man i mean yeah this sounds cool you Heck know yeah. I, I mean this almost makes me think of like stuff you can already do in like gta yeah but still like something that's more like about the racing and less about the destruction that's yeah. probably pretty cool yeah, yeah and more honed in probably to the fact of how an actual car mechanics or plane mechanics would work you know a little more realism sure sure it. pretty 
pretty cool stuff. Cool, cool. So what's next? Next up, we got Darksiders 3. Oh, man, definitely. I know this is a, I mean, (laughs) at least from what I've read, people have been like waiting for this one for quite a while. Absolutely, man. Are are you a fan of the series? Have you played it before? Uh, Not not really so much, but I I know a lot of people who are. Well, in this third-person platform hack and slash, players take on the role of Fury an unpredictable and enigmatic member of the Four Horsemen. Okay. Fury wields a magical blade whip, which, while she explores colorful post-apocalyptic environments, solving progression puzzles along the way. So it sounds kind of like an adventure game, except you're playing like one of the Four Horsemen. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, definitely. Some destruction. Got some more. But no, I know this has always been a big, uh, you know. Absolutely. uh, People people love these games, have a lot of mythology behind them and stuff. So I'm sure the third entry will just continue that going down i think this will be on every major uh console yeah now this next game here detroit become human all right this is a wild sound game it's a choose your own narrative right game it's stacked in a in a series of matrix uh type potential outcomes okay so it's based on a rich world of in which androids serve humanity Oh, okay. Got a little uh, Philip K. Dick style stuff yeah. going on there. Okay, yeah. okay. And you're sort of in the role of the storyteller. So this, like, you can see from the imagery, it's this hyper realistic looking game that's mostly kind of told through cinematic elements, and it's basically like a choose your own adventure book, except in a video game form. So maybe similar to a Telltale game. Okay, okay. I love those games. Yeah. Man. yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the old point and clicks and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like the next generation of of your old school point and click adventure games. So, okay. Yeah, this definitely has my attention. So <laughs> definitely. So you're gonna have like a, a bunch of different uh, pathways that you can take. Yeah, so. yeah. It's saying it has a very like advanced, complicated matricy of uh, you know different outcomes and stuff. So awesome. Well, definitely, man. Pretty no, well. Definitely. I'm, I'm gonna have to go check out a video on this one. So what's next? Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, man. This one, you know, it's going to get over 9,000 buys. You know that for sure. Now, I really like this image that I sent you for this one. I know you're not a huge Dragon Ball fan, but that's Vegeta totally kicking, selling the dick right there. So (laughs) I I just thought that was like the best image for. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to say I I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Which what they have to say is like I've watched, you know, like I remember like back on like PS2 and stuff. These games were looking pretty good. But man, so far, like this looks like the cartoon. Like yeah. this looks like you're playing in the cartoon. So to me, that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with the you know the South Park games that came out. You know, I yes, love the fact yes. that like we've caught up enough where you can play just right in that world. You know? Absolutely, man. No, it, it it looks very interesting. The only thing I think it has going against this game is that there's so many of them. I mean, yeah. it's like almost like all the different variations of Street Fighter, like. I know they keep the GT or the um, the Dragon Ball thing going, so I know mm. there's a bunch of new characters and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be interesting, but yeah, kind of cool. Looks looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a fighting game. People love fighting games, man. You know it. Yeah. All right, they got Dreams. This is another wild, independent kind of style game here, man. I huh. shouldn't call it independent. What's what's a word for that? It's like esoteric or something yeah yeah like an artsy mm-hmm. kind yeah, of, yeah yeah definitely so this is from the makers and you, you guys notice i have to write a blurb for these because I, <laughs> I don't want to get them mixed up and you know but uh they sound really cool though from the makers of little big planet oh okay this gorgeous world stars a little imp who travels through impressionist landscapes solving puzzles via item collection of physical abilities and possession of other characters so the game's campaign is designed to encourage sharing of player created game worlds while the real meat looks to lie in those creation tools. 
So you can kind of create your own little elements of well, the game world. Well, I know that little big planet was a big hit, man. Yeah. So if, these, if it's got the same team behind it, man, this is probably going to be right up there, like you said, with that very creative, very cute kind of feel to it, man. So definitely, I, I take it, do, is it, do we know if this is going to be available on all systems, or is this more of a PS4 kind? Because I know Little Big Planet, I think, was was limited. Yeah, I believe this is an exclusive for PlayStation 4 as well. Okay, okay, so that's pretty cool. So definitely, I have to, have to maybe no, That's not very cool, man. I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, that's true. I wish they were more indie, but I think that's one of PlayStation's big pulls, that yeah. they have their, their exclusives. So Absolutely. Well, if you're looking for a game that's all over the place, Man, Extinction. You can find it on your PS4, PC, Xbox Ones, anywhere where you can play a game, you can rock Extinction. And this game is freaking awesome, man. All right. It's known for its fighting games like Killer Instincts and Dive Kick. That's the developer Iron Galaxy. Okay. Okay. But Extinction is about battling 150 foot ogres as they stomp around and destroy various locations, including cities and forests. I, I have a feeling that the, the makers of this game were also fans of Attack on Titan. <laughs> you know, they Maybe. were like, let's just change that to ogres and not be giants but hey at least from the looks of this image up here it looks like they're actually wearing some clothes so, so that, that, <laughs> that's, that's an improvement yeah, yeah. <laughs> for all the people who didn't like the film the watchman because you know why <laughs> this game is gonna keep it pg for you you'll never look at a blue crayon a crayon the same right <laughs> <laughs> but this game does include also the element of you having to save humans and town folk from the incoming menace oh that's cool so that should okay. be a kind of an interesting little twist on the on the whole story as well what's next oh far cry five i have to say i've played a little bit of the earlier far cries and i was never a super big fan but dude this one actually has me very interested you know usually they take place on some island somewhere mm-hmm. and it's you're kind of separate you know almost like a lost kind of scenario this i think for like the first time they're actually basing it in like a united states city Probably a, a, a fantasy, so you yeah. know, not made up one. But I mean, I think it, it deals with this, you know, cult like um, group coming in and taking over the town. And like, <laughs> I guess you're going in to try to, you know, save the citizens and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's very, you know, it kind of fits almost like right in that same groove as like how we're seeing like, you know, Wolfenstein right now, kind yeah, of like a Resident Evil. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of reflecting some of the the, the current issues and mm-hmm. what people are are fearing that you know, oh man, some groups of power could just come in and 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 take over a town or something yeah but yeah it looks like it would be real fun you know so a a lot of destructive environments i've I've always heard this series was stellar man i've never sat down and checked it out i really should uh i'm not sure this is going to be the game to just dive in if you've never tried it out before because it might be a little too out there Uh, but yeah i've definitely heard the same thing that these are very 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 fun so we'll keep an eye on that one sure all right next up we've got fee I don't know if that's fee or F E. I think it's fee. Okay, okay. This looks kinda <laughs> kinda cutesy, kinda artsy again. Okay, well what's going on Absolutely. in this? Absolutely. Well, this is a Swedish made game. Uh it's from a company called Zoink. Uh, Fee is a symbolic personal fantasy that brings to mind powerful games like Journey and Shadow of the Colossus. Okay. Okay. Uh, not the new Colossus, Shadow of the Colossus, different <laughs> game. <laughs> it stars a fox-like creature who seeks to protect the forest by enlisting animal allies through audible calls. So oh, like okay. That's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. So you're going to have to bring uh, the powers of the animals to you, like a druid pretty much, yeah. Right? Yeah, like in D&D. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds pretty wild. Again, a little bit of an artsy game, but this one is one of the first ones we've mentioned so far. I think it's the first one we mentioned so far that's going to be available on the Nintendo Switch as well. 
Oh, cool, so. man. Well, hey, Party Man Wolves over here saying that that's also the atomic symbol for iron. So <laughs> I don't know if that has any ties to the fee that, you know. But uh, absolutely, yeah, man. I'm that sounds, sure. sounds pretty cool. Like I said, kind of the, the look of it's kind of cutesy and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, they so make sure. a lot of games like that where the art is just stylized more than realistic. You know, oh, and sure. that's kind of cool. I, I dig that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got another game like that here, The Gardens Between. Oh, okay. I've never even heard of this one. What's going on? Here? Yeah, this one's an exclusive for PlayStation 4 and PC. Okay. Uh, it's about two friends who explore surreal islands, manipulating time to solve puzzles. Now, me, I love that element. I love those sort of time travel y, time motion there you things. Go. I mean, Prince of Persia and the Sands of Time is, is probably the one. <coughs> Excuse me. I remember playing first, and then as recently as the um, uh, the fractured butthole, like oh. that game has where you can manipulate time in it. You know, so I've yet I'd, to dive into that one, but that seems pretty. I think even yeah. in the first one, you could do that as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, man. Like, I love that mechanic. I'm glad they include that in this game. And it seems to be that like you're going to islands that are giant sized versions of everyday objects or, or filled with it. You know, uh, video game consoles, walkie talkies, recycling bins, soda bottles, Jenga blocks, all sorts of just like random garbage stuff. You know, and um, you're trying to solve puzzles while you're there. So, sounds cool. interesting. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it looks kind of cool. It looks kind of like old. It almost makes me think of like uh, uh, the old Pixel games and yeah. stuff like that. So, that's cool. Absolutely, man. All right, next up. Boom. God of oh, War. Oh, man. <laughs> now, I know this is like a, um, I guess, a reimagining, I guess, for uh What's well, a sequel? I mean, is it? Yeah. I, well, I know they said they're not calling it God of War 4, mm -hmm. but it is kind of god of war force so i don't know if it's pulling like you know a, a star trek uh 2009 or something like that it's gonna re rewrite some history but i know yeah. from the video we watch uh, i guess kratos has a has a son yeah he's like so i have he, a son yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah apparently that's kind of the catch to this and I, i'm not sure if you get to play as the son or if he's like your tails you know oh, kind of you your go. companion <laughs> with you but i know that he's gonna be in the game and they say that even though kratos is a dad now he's not pulling any of his punches he was still <laughs> have all the wrath of kratos so we're yet to see what happens there again as a playstation 4 exclusive i haven't been able to keep up with the latest god of war games uh, so i feel bad about that but we well, you know it's almost like now, now they can almost have like the old mario scenario like someone kidnaps his son it's like sorry kratos <laughs> your son is in another castle you know <laughs> you, you have to go to see a different god now sorry I don't think we have any Five Nights at Freddy's games coming out in 2018. No, there's none on the list so far, <laughs> but we do have Jurassic World Extinction. So, of course, based on the wildly, hugely popular, you know, kind oh, of yeah. sequel, I guess, to oh, Jurassic absolutely. Park, you know? Yeah. And a new one's coming out this year, too, so this might have some ties as well. Yep, so it lets players run around their very own Jurassic Park, bioengineering new dinosaur breeds while building your own attractions. Uh, containment facilities and research labs so it's likely going to launch in the summer around the same time as the movie well there you go well that that's perfect timing for it i mean yeah. definitely and i mean this has always been kind of interesting you know when you talk about like sim city and stuff like that mm -hmm. i could see this i could see people getting into this but it can always probably go so far you know yeah. what i mean it's like but definitely if you can engineer your own dinosaurs that would that could be kind of cool. oh yeah man you have I, a charosaurus yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> a charboilosaurus. There you is. go. <laughs> well, I definitely like that idea of getting to create your own dinosaurs, mix and match kind of components, but also building the attractions and parks. You know, like you said, yes. definitely a very SimCity like feel. Um, but I know people love that. I loved that. You know. <laughs> oh man, is there? Is it gonna have like a destruction path where you can, uh, you know, have Dennis Nedry come out and mess <laughs> up your park? Or... No, we'll, we'll have signs for the dock that just spin every which way, <laughs> so you never know where they're going. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, man. The much-anticipated Kingdom Hearts 3, man. I know we kind of touched on this one last week, and it's kind of... We, we we can't say this is an official 2018 game yet because they've been telling us that this game's coming for like the last five years. But hopefully, you know, it's January. They've got 12 months yeah. to put this bad yeah. boy you, out. You got 12 months to put it out, and I'll tell you what. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> you know, I said that last week. I'm going to keep saying that. Until this thing hits a shelf at a Walmart near me, not buying it. Don't believe it. One thing <laughs> I have heard, though, is that one of the new worlds that Sora and Goofy and Donald will get to visit will be uh, a Marvel-themed world. So oh, that's pretty cool. Might be worth the wait. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just might be. Now, we'll, we'll show up and they'll be like, oh, look, it's the Fantastic Four world because we just bought it. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. They keep acquiring new licenses. So, like, no, no, now we want to put Star Wars. We got to put the X-Men's in there. <laughs> All right, we got Kirby Star Allies coming up next. Oh, okay. So Kirby's coming back here now. Who, who, who in the in the comments loves good old Kirby eating everything, man? This <laughs> Kirby sounds like me, man. The, yeah, this guy was like my spirit video game dude because he was he was the character who just walked around and just ate everything he saw, you know, and he would just be like. <gasps> just eat up everything dude so that's totally me i'm excited to see a new kirby game this has like four player action in it so it looks super fun obviously it's on nintendo switch they're not putting it out on anything else because it's a nintendo exclusive sure kirby and all those guys they pretty much stay under that nintendo banner yep and it's gonna be a side-scrolling game so that's pretty wicked (laughs) oh man there's definitely uh, some some talk in the in the comments here. People are loving uh, that they're going to be able to build Jurassic Parks together. So <laughs> and also some love for Kirby. So yeah, definitely. If you get to explore someone else's Jurassic Park, that would be super fun as well. Sure, sure. You get to cause havoc there. Steal <laughs> steal the the, the the DNAs. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, and your little Barbasol can. <laughs> uh, so this is another one we got here that's uh, looking pretty wild. I have to say, I loved. The clip art on this one, you know, the logo. Okay. Because it's called Knights and Bikes. So if you look at a bike from just the right angle, it totally looks like a sword. And I was like, that is awesome. What that an is awesome really graphic. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard about this one. What, what, what's going on with this game? Yeah. So this one here is a PlayStation 4 and PC uh, exclusive. Uh, for now, you know, through, from what they're saying right now, the first release from the new outfit Foam Sword Games carries high expectations. It's been created by team members with a history at Media Molecule. And the game's vivid art style shows those roots. It's a puzzle adventure set in a child world, a childhood, childlike world reminiscent of the Goonies. Oh, there you go. Now, so, well, right now, I mean, with stuff like Stranger Things, like being the hots and it, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's right, right up that alley. You know, yeah. it's cool if they're like kind of not going so much with like the horror theme stuff, but more like you said, like almost like fantasy, like LARPing and stuff. Yeah. I mean, one thing I have to say is, man. I know you're all about logos, man, but yeah, how the how the the, the D is like half of a wheel. Like yeah, that, that's kind of cool, man. These guys got some real cool imagery, man. Yeah, that's, that's pretty their cool. styles really on point. I dig it. Oh, awesome! 
All right, next up we got The Last of Us Part Two. Oh man, I know you 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 PlayStation players are just chomping at the bit to get into this one. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Well, you know, it, of course, like from a, a bird's eye view, you'd be like, "Oh, it's another like zombie survival kind of thing," and mm-hmm. this and that. But you know, I, I from what I've heard, you know, the first game is like just fantastic. Yeah, you know, the story is really what gets you. And I don't know if it's like a choice kind of thing. Maybe you guys could tell us a little more in the comments. But man, mm. I know at like E3, I want even though I don't own a PlayStation. Like I watched the um, the you know the, yeah. their, their thing just to see what they had coming. And man, when this showed up, they had like you know guys in like zombie bags like hanging and, and swinging. <laughs> around. I mean, they were really into it. And people were just going nuts for it. So I know this is very high on 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 the PlayStation list. <laughs> well, I'll read the blurb. It says, set five years after the original, this post-apocalyptic combat adventure is played through Ellie, a character who was originally only a sidekick. Oh, With okay. anticipation for this title so high, developer Naughty Dog has revealed, hasn't revealed much about the game, but we can't expect it to be good-looking and extremely violent. So <laughs> there you go. Two two good things. Hey, Jake H is in the house. Good old Jake, man. What's our, up? our old Megacon buddy. Awesome, <laughs> man. How's it going, man? And definitely, Bree, we agree with you. Yeah, we think the we think the Xbox is better. But that's <laughs> you know, we have love for everything around here. It's the power <laughs> hour of love. <laughs> Absolutely. We got plenty to go around. One thing I have to say I really like about this title though is the title. That they called it The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> and that kind of threw me off at first. I was like, why do they call it part two? That's so like, you know, passe or yeah, blase yeah. or whatever they call that. Yeah. Passe, I think. is. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's old school. <laughs> you know? But I saw that and then I was thinking, well, if they just called it The Last of Us 2, people would think it was like The Last of Us 2. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> That's so a good point. It was know? a pretty smart move on their part, I think. Or could have <laughs> had like a little subtitle or something. But that's cool. Like you said, it's kind of like an old zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting down to the to wrapping up the first 25. Then we're going to jump into a break <laughs> of Podunk News. We're trying to slam through these. I think it's taken way even longer than we thought. But uh, we're, we're going to keep rocking with it. Let's see what we got. Absolutely. Next up, we got Left Alive. Okay, now I think this is kind of in that same realm, right? As far yes. as zombies go and stuff like that. Well, I know it's a Square Enix shooter, right? Okay. And it's made by former Metal Gear character designer Yoji Shinkawa. Okay, okay. So it seems like they've showed limited gameplay so far in trailers and stuff, but Konami's series is a definite influence. Awesome. Okay, so with, that... Yeah, with the game set in the front mission universe, there's a hint of stealth action as players try to take down giant mechs. Hey, there you go. Well, that's always a big thing right now. You yeah. Know? I mean, of course, you see these movies coming out like Pacific Rim and I mean, that's monsters and mechs, but even like Anthem, mm-hmm. like we were saying earlier. So definitely. Yeah, man. This sounds like right up in that same alley. Absolutely, man. All right. Next up, we got Mech Warrior 5. Just talking about mechs, Mech Warrior 5. You've had four chances to figure out what it is. In the interest of moving on, let's just jump Absolutely. past Mech Warrior. You know it. You, you know, know Mech Warrior 5. We don't need to tell you about it. Oh, man, I know I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> Just real quick, man. You know, we know last year was the Blue Bombers uh, 30th uh, anniversary. So, yeah, definitely this year we're expecting Mega Man 11. Now, one thing I do like, even though this is a numeric series, they're not going back to, like, the pure 8-bit. Like, it's going to have some more, um, you know, newer age um 
platforming kind of stuff, almost yeah. like in like the cuphead kind of level of, of platforming. So like I said, I think it looks really cool. I can't wait to play it. I love the ones, you know, like 9 and 10 went back to the old school style. Yeah. But this is kind of cool because it's going to mash together all those things. So definitely looking forward to Mega Man 11. I know, right? I'm looking forward to Mega Man 11. The, the best thing I could say right now about Mega Man is that, man, not knowing about half these games make me feel about as useless as Bubble Man. <laughs> <laughs> useless as Bubble Man. I love it. But all right, that is going to wrap it up for our first 25 games. That's right. We just did 25 <laughs> games in 25 <laughs> minutes for you guys. We've got 25 more coming up. So I guess we're going to have an extra long, extra special episode of the Power Hour tonight. You know it, man. <laughs> but we got tons of good stuff, man. Stick with us. We're so gonna... much good stuff. We're going to jump into a break right now and do some news. And right after that, we're going to release and talk about our first contender for the Infinity War Countdown. Oh, yeah. You Marvel fans, stick around. It's going to be awesome. You know it. All right. Right now, though, we're going to jump into some news. Podunk News. Bam. Look at that. All right. We're back. Oh, sorry about that, Sorry guys. about that, guys. <laughs> definitely, man. Here we are. Th- and, and definitely thank you guys for hitting us up in the comments here, man. We were just rambling on, man. <laughs> well, as we were saying. Uh, no, no. Start over. Start. Just start the story over. I don't think we had any sound from the beginning of get jumping into the newsroom. <laughs> All right. Can you guys hear us now? Everybody got got some uh, got got the sound. All right. Well, all right, man. Well, this uh, Podunk News is where we uh, talk about the crazy stories that are going on, man. These are all factual stuff, man. But they're just nuts, man. All right. Well, here we have a uh, British bu- butcher who got trapped in a negative four degrees freezer. Yeah. So yeah, he went in there to get something, and then you know, pretty much, uh, you know, he uh, he couldn't get out. So what he did is he used a Pack a frozen pack of sausages to burst his way out of that frozen <laughs> uh, freezer there. So, but he's quoted as saying that blood pudding saved his life. So that's kind of yeah. cool, man. And hey, we don't know about you guys, but we think Walter White here might be uh, hiding out <laughs> over there in England now. So definitely, and once again, thanks guys for keeping us on track here. Absolutely, man. Well, it's good to see this guy saved himself, man, because you could certainly die in a negative four-degree freezer. That would freaking kill you being there overnight. But, hey, I've always said sometimes the best solution is just to hammer it with your sausage. There There you go, man. So what's next in the world of podunk? Let's see what we get. Boo, 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 boo. (laughs) Go do things that I wish for you to do. News. (laughs) Ah, there we go. (laughs) There you go. This story will just blow you away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, we all know recently that, you know, a major blizzard kind of blew through New England, you know, causing all kinds of snow and wind and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been a cold winter, man. You know it, man. Even down here in Florida, man. We've been, this has been very different. It was cold today. It was what, like 68? It it was. It was. Forget about it. Well, a historic shed in Maine, you know, like a tool shed or just this old building, you know, was blown away by the recent blizzard and it landed in Canada. Yeah. All right. So uh, Maine Senator says that he wants the shed back (laughs) and it will be repaired. And uh, since it's on the historic registry, so definitely, you know, uh, 
you know, people are, are, are you know, they, they want their shed back. But, hey, at least it's still partially together. That, now, the photo we do have here is actually the shed. So yeah. That's uh, on the coast of Canada. Da, 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 da. Yeah. That last guy was not, in fact, the butcher from the story. Um, oh, yeah. He wasn't a guy carving <laughs> peppermint either. That's what it looked like to me. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So much red and white in that photo. But, uh, you know, but, it, man. I yeah, just, this is the real shed. Yes. Can you believe that just landed just like that? <laughs> hey, at least it's still kind of together they don't make them like they used to yeah that's why this is part of the historic (laughs) (laughs) so let's see what's next on podunk news all right last but not least okay a rhode island rapper named montana mills was recently arrested on drug charges now you know we're not saying that you know how's this newsworthy (laughs) okay it's like all the time now here's the real wild part okay the police attribute their sting operation on mills Due to hearing his local hit, Sell Drugs. <laughs> that was the name of the song. Yeah. So I guess, you know, that gave them enough. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> little on the nose. Little on the nose. So you're just giving yourself probable cause right there. <laughs> and this is Montana Mills here. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you might want to go check out the song maybe. And I, and I guess he's going to need some money. Not <laughs> 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 But definitely, you know, um, uh, just in the world of music, I uh, just wanted to kind of say, you know, we're definitely very sad to hear that the uh, lead singer of the Cranberries passed away earlier today. You know, she had the, the Cranberries from the 90s, you know, Zombie and all those other tracks. Um, I don't know all the specifics. I think they're still trying to figure out. That's really much like latest news as far as today's goes. But I'm um, definitely sad to hear. I know she was only 46. Yeah, yeah. That came in kind of last minute, so we didn't have time to grab a graphic for it. But our hearts go out to her friends and family survived by her and uh, yeah, wish you guys the best absolutely man but hey that's gonna about wrap it up for our first segment of podunk news but man now we're jumping back into some more fun man keep hitting us up in the comments guys it's gonna be awesome all right All right, man, we're back here in the newsroom, man. It looks like we got our sound, man. Once again, man, thank <laughs> you guys for keeping an eye out for us, man. You guys rock. And, man, now what are we doing, El Bandito? Well, we have got a special, special fun segment coming up right now because it is our countdown to Infinity War. That's right, guys. Oh, yeah. May of this year, it's coming out. Man, the kind of legendary end-all, be-all sort of movie of movies that we always wanted to see as comic book fans. I mean, when you were a kid, they had so much great comic book stories out there. It was like inconceivable to ever think you'd see something on the scale of Thanos fighting the whole of the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah, man. You know, and I mean, that. you know, we've been talking about, you know, Infinity Stones for the last, like, 15 movies, pretty, at least to some <laughs> some degree. I know they didn't really get their name until later, but, yeah. you know, when you trace them back, you know. But, man, you know, now that you see them in the trailer, or, you know, Thanos has the gauntlet yep. and he's loading the stones in there, yep. man. You know, if you guys aren't as familiar with it, man, if Thanos gets all those stones, man, he pretty much can, like, bend time and space. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, it's considered that the six Infinity Stones were six singularities that were hanging around even before the Big Bang happened, and that they're the six elements that control the entirety of the universe. So the person to wield all six of them can bend space and time to their very whim, just like you said. But don't worry, guys. We've got a pack of Avengers right here on Earth that are definitely going to kick some Thanosian butt. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, man. And who are we talking about tonight? All right. Well, tonight we figured we we're going to start things off by talking about our first Avenger, 
the first Avenger, man. We were going to talk about Captain America. Oh, Captain you know America. it, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, definitely. It's like whenever you think about the Avengers, I don't know about you guys. Definitely go ahead and throw your favorite Avenger into the comments, man. Let us know what you guys think. But, man, you know, Cap comes immediately to mind, man. I mean, he is just like, you know. I don't want to say he's the real American hero, but he, you know what I mean? He's like, he definitely, he embodies that, man. I mean, he wears, you know, the, the colors on his chest. He's Captain America. Absolutely, man, so. dude. And he's one of those characters that I have a lot of esteem for in the sense that, like, they didn't water him down to be like, oh, let's, you know, make him Captain Planet so that, you know, he sells better in an international market. No, oh, they were yeah. like, dude, Captain America. You know, they didn't tone down his colors and, uh, you know, make them all sissified like they, they do with some other superheroes that they don't want to personify American values with so much. Oh, definitely, man. <laughs> well, hey, looking at our notes here, man, it looks like we got some history for some of our folks that aren't as familiar Absolutely, where Cap man. came from. We're going to tell you all about the history of Captain America going back to 1940. Right, December 20th, 1940, this issue premiered Captain America number one with oh, the yeah. creation of Captain America. Now, very, very important is that he came out in Captain America number one. Very few heroes ever were featured in their own self-titled comic right off the bat. Most characters come out in anthologies first, Tales of Suspense, Tales of Mystery, Amazing oh, yeah. Fantasy, something like this, and then due to their popularity may get their own title. But at the time, you know, if you think about it, December 20th, 1940, America had not yet joined World War II. Oh, yeah. So Captain America creators, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, featured here, that's uh, Jack Kirby on the left, he's seated, you know, and Joe Simon, the writer, standing over him, and the two of them worked at Timely Comics at the time, you know, was the name of the company. Yeah, the company. And they decided that even though the U.S. had not yet joined the war, because they wouldn't until Pearl Harbor in 41, you know, December of 41, so about a year later, they figured that they needed to embody what they felt was the American intervention that they believed was right. You know, so, I mean, talk about really coming up with a character... For the right reasons. Oh, know? yeah. And I just have to say one thing. Like, in every picture I've ever seen of Jack Kirby, man, that guy's always that working. working. He's, He's working. Always, <laughs> like, there's always somebody standing over him, and Jack's just, like, drawing his ass Dude, off. Dude, he's, you know? he's like the Jordy LaForge of the comic world. Oh, He's just abs- always working, and it's abs- never good enough. It's, it's never good like, enough. You got more deadlines, more deadlines. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's actually a funny story where Joe Simon didn't think Jack Kirby would be able to make the deadline for the book because the uh, it's labeled as March of 1941 because they oh, wanted okay. it to come out, you know, a little later. Um, and they, they he hired, Joe Simon hired two other fill-in writers to help Jack Kirby do the book. And Jack Kirby was so, like, offended by the fact that he thought he couldn't do it <laughs> that he did the whole book in, like, record time, you know, did all the pencils and everything himself. So the two worked together to kind of come up with the idea for the character of Captain America and uh, and they featured him in his first book, where the cover, as you can see, had him punching out Adolf Hitler. Classic. <laughs> and I mean, anyone who's seen the first Avenger knows that when uh, Steve Rogers is doing what is it like a like a show? The Remember? bonds, yeah. yeah, he's selling yeah. war bonds. Yeah, and yeah, he punches out Hitler in that. So it's definitely a homage to this yes. uh, this comic. But man, classic. Yeah. Man, classic. So this book in 1940. Sold nearly one million copies. Now that's <laughs> the fact that it had a million copies printed at the time. I'm sure it was also a big. Oh milestone. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I think they were cranking them out on demand. You know, absolutely. But yeah. What what an amazing first issue to have. And I have to say, I learned something new. I wanted to share with you guys. Check this out. 
This is May, issue three, had this blurb in it, right, of Captain America versus the Traitor's Revenge. Okay. Right? Now, what this is, is in the, back in the day, to be labeled as a magazine, you had to have so many words in your book. So what they did was they wrote fill-in stories. It was like a two-page story that was all text, you know, like a book. And that would classify your comic book as a magazine, and then the post office would charge you less to ship it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> wow. So they would hire people to come in and fill in these little stories. Now, some of you guys might notice the little buy caption right down here, but the number three May 1941 issue of Captain America the two-page stack text story was given to the office apprentice and kind of errand boy who was a 19-year-old guy by the name of Stan Lee. Oh, we're sure you guys know about <laughs> good old Stan. Absolutely. The guy who pretty much goes on to found the entirety of the rest of the Marvel Universe. He's pictured here in 1940 you know, or somewhere around that, that, that era. I don't know when exactly that photo was taken. Young Stan. <laughs> yeah. And then here him kind of a, a more recent photo. But yeah, so really great to find out that Cap worked on the original, or that Stan worked on the original Cap books, even as far back as Captain America number three in 1940. Wow. That is wild, you know? Hey, down here, uh, Bobby C. says that everyone once in their life should at least punch a Nazi in the face. So, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, Cap would agree. <laughs> absolutely, man. Well, Cap's original book ran for 73 issues, ending finally in 1941, four years after the war ended. You know? There you go. Look at that. So it, it really ran its course. Very patriotic time for the country. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, then just kind of the war books got out of vogue. They weren't as popular anymore, and it kind of fell to the wayside, you know? Jump ahead about 20 years. And you're looking at Stan Lee and Jack Kirby as the editor in chief and you know master artist of uh, of the now Marvel comics yep. branded under the Fantastic Four and and kind of all of the success that that title had. Oh, absolutely, man! Because you think like in the 1950s, like like you were saying, like those pulp magazines yep. and like horror stories and mysteries, they kind of dominated. I mean, you still had like Batman and DC stuff going on, but man, yeah, like like you said, in, like the early 60s, like you said. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and all those guys were like, man, we really want to take these stories to the next level, you know? And of course, with the comic code and everything kind of coming out, they were like, let's go rock it, man. So they started up Marvel. Absolutely, man. And then with uh, one of their more popular books that had just come out there in 1963, The Avengers, they were like, you know what? We really want to cram this filled with as many awesome superheroes as we can. And the duo of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby decided to revive their longtime favorite, Captain America, as not just a Nazi puncher or a commie smasher, but an all-around superhero and foiler of evildoers everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first issue of Avengers is actually them going to find Cap, right? It's actually issue number four. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it's, the, okay. it's the one we've got here, but it's issue number four, and he's actually alongside Iron Man, Thor, Giant Man, who's Ant-Man but big, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Wasp, and Cap is actually replacing the Hulk, who they found too tumultuous to be part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Hulk, he's very, um, you know. Yeah, kind of yeah. does his own thing. <laughs> Hulk smash. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so that's what got him into the modern day Silver Age comics and from then on Cap was pretty much the the leader of the team oh, even yeah. though Iron Man had kind of founded it three issues earlier, you know, Cap was very much the leader being kind of the tactician and wartime expert that he was. This original comic in 1963, The Avengers number 4, featured the story of Cap 
in a drone plane, crashing in the Arctic, being frozen in ice, suspended in animation, and being awoken today. A story that may sound very familiar if you saw the first Avenger, Captain oh, America. Yeah. yeah, they. I mean, that's one thing I gotta say about the MCU, man. Of course, they, you know, they adjust some of the story elements, you know, to speed things up a little bit. But yeah, man, like they, they've done a great job taking um, Captain America's history. And bring it to the screen. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty much all the characters. I'm super impressed by how they always kind of match up to their original story with only minor tweaks kind of advancing the character through time, making it a little more modern day. You know, but we'll tell you a little bit about Captain America, the first Avenger, right? This movie was released in July of 2012. Uh, 2011. Oh, yeah. Uh, just one year before the Avengers came out. That's right. So that's pretty right. awesome. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it currently has a score of 80%. Pretty awesome. Which I think is wicked underrated, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll have to have our own uh, episode just about <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes sometime. <laughs> but to me, why Captain America, the first Avenger as a film kicked ass was because it embodied everything I knew about Captain America. You know, as a longtime comic book fan and a lover of Captain America, there's a lot of concepts in my head that really make Cap Cap. But oh, I had a know. few very specific kind of almost silly details that to me would be like, if you were only ever going to make one Captain America movie, I'd want to see these things in it. So I'm going to tell you guys just real quick a couple of what these little things were. Um, first off, it had to be an homage to the 40s. You know, it had sure. to kind of it had to tell that World War II story. Where it was born. You know, yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, without it, you were, you were missing so much of what made Captain America Captain America. So essentially the whole movie is set in the <laughs> 1940s and is the perfect homage. It's, it's basically the whole film's done that way. And secondly, they would have to have some of these iconic characters like Bucky, Dr. Erksting, the Red Skull, the Howling Commandos. You know, these were all characters that were like, dude, in the movie. Bam, right there. And they decided we'll go one step further. We'll make Bucky super kick-ass, which, let's face it, he never really was in the original comic. <laughs> this is true. They're going to throw Howard Stark in there, so Tony Stark's dad, to be a genius inventor. Tying it all together. Super yeah. <laughs> cool. And they threw Tommy Lee Jones in there as a general they kind of created for the film, or excuse me, a colonel they created for the film, who is just awesome. <laughs> Oh, you know it, man. No, it, yeah, exactly. It was funny. I remember when he was pitched as being in the film. I was like, "Oh man, I wonder if he's going to be the Red Skull." Yeah, and then, like you said, he was like the, the general, which was a great role. Yeah. Oh, he was so great. But speaking of which, you know, we got the Howling Commandos as the rest of the U.S. Uh, you know, military guys that he hooks up with, oh, and yeah. some guys from France and everything, because he, you remember, he rescues them from a thing. Yes. Yes. And it's it's all sort of Allied soldiers, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Trip's dad's there. Rest in peace, Triplet, Agent Triplet, Agent <laughs> Shield, his oh, granddad. Good. Tying it together. <laughs> tying it together. Oh man, real quick, just want to say, what's up, Robert? What's up, Rich? What's up, Don? Every these guys are all jumping in, tuning in, <laughs> definitely talking here on the Power Hour of Love, talking about Captain America, man. We love it man uh rich's axe asking if this is the couch auction well man if you're looking for a captain america couch we might just have one for you <laughs> no doubt man we'll get you the a nice red leather one to go with the red skull oh, you, you know, know played it. by hugo weaving he was absolutely fantastic in the movie uh dr zola being a villain who would later go on to be the kind of robot android dr zola and the winter soldier um super awesome cast super awesome characters really brought the original story to life one of the things to me was he had to punch Hitler in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? He punches Hitler in the freaking face. A couple not of times. Once, yeah. Not twice, <laughs> but a couple of 
times. Absolutely, man. Because like the first two issues of uh, the original Captain America books are him punching out Hitler in both issues. You know? Oh yeah, man. But him with the dancing girls in his original costume with the original shield that he only used in Captain America number one, and that's then it was right. changed in the very second issue to the round shield. The third issue that Stan Lee contributed on uh, actually first features him using the shield as a ricochet weapon that returns. So really cool that they nailed this character right out of the gate, you know, because to me, his shield ricocheting had to be in the movie. Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what he's known for. Yeah, he's throwing that thing all over Nazi and, well, Hydra bases yeah. all over Germany and Europe. Well, definitely. So loved that part of the film. I know you're going down your list of, of things, but man, even the, the, his origin in the movie was very, yeah. uh, you know, very similar to how it was in the uh, in absolutely. The so that that was great. Yeah, they kind of fleshed it out a little more with the Vita Ray Chamber and the Vita Rays and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely, very similar with Doctor Erkstein being in the film. It played out almost exactly like it did in the comics, which I loved. Last but not least on my highlight list was the shield bash, dude. Just taking your shield and ramming the shit out of somebody with it. And again, he does it a number of times, and one time even launches a dude into the air doing it. So, it's so awesome. Yeah, man. those are the very like comic booky moments that, to me, make the film look like a comic. And that's what I wanted to see when I, when I went to see the film. And then you're pleasantly surprised by all the other aspects of it that are just so, so, so very good. And one thing I have to say is definitely, you know, just Red Skull being a really good villain, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, not trying to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't gotten caught up yet. But I mean, you know, we haven't seen him since. But yeah. man, I hope at some point he pops back up. Uh, you know, we're definitely talking about the the first Avenger, not to be confused with the what 1989 Captain America movie. <laughs> I don't remember who played Cap in that. But I mean, even then, I have watched that, and yeah. they did stick very close to the the origins. It just just didn't have the the flair that the new movie had. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, Cap has since gone on to be from his little spangly circus outfit there, yes. <laughs> all the way up to his most recent Civil War outfit here. I mean, I just wanted to say this dude always looks fly. You oh, know, yeah, for yeah. as kind of uh, circus clowny as his outfit can look in comics, sometimes. Boy, the, the movie costume designers did such an excellent job to really give him such a badass look. I mean, to wear Winter Soldier, I think, is one of the, like, the most highly rated costumes yet. You know, the almost oh, yeah. all blue one with the white lines. And people love that. Oh, Winter Soldier is just a phenomenal movie. Absolutely. I mean, like we say, I know it's like one of the highest rated Marvel movies and mm -hmm. stuff. And even folks that aren't like really big comic fans, like kind of rated as just one of those films that are just like. It's just solid. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, moving on from the first Avenger, we can see the litany of films that Captain America has been featured in since, you know, the Avengers, of course, the Winter Soldier, uh, Age of Ultron, and then Civil War. He's also done cameos in Thor The Dark World, uh, you know, where Loki kind of pretends to be Captain oh, America that was for a fun. second. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, and then in Spider-Man Homecoming, where he does, like, lectures for kids and stuff <laughs> on video. That's um, true. That, 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 that was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. Oh, Don Fox here is jumping to me, saying he lo he's always loved Cap from his favorite, and definitely he was a fan of the S.H.I.E.L.D. bash as well. So. Absolutely. Very cool, Don. Thanks. Well, the uh, the role that he played in all of these films also gave him a lot of character development, you know, where he really tried to fit in in this new world, which was something a lot of people were afraid they would kind of just gloss over in the films, you know, where it's like, oh, now he's in today and he's good to go. But they kind of give him not only this displaced in time sort of attitude, but he also very much has a sort of PTSD attitude of like, if he's not fighting in the shit, 
Yeah. He's almost like lost in those thoughts of that memory. I mean, they show him punching the punching bag where he's just he's just lost in it, you know, and he can't escape it now. The guy has become a soldier and that's that's all he knows how to be now. And he needs to find a new place in his life now. And it's becoming more and more difficult as you go along, especially when you lead into civil war, where now he's like, now I have to be a soldier against my own people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, even one of those lines from the uh, movie, I think it was the Avengers. I remember when he's like, they say a joke and he's like, I get that one. Yeah. You know, and he's got like, that <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah. so no doubt. Just... Yeah. And but, you know, with the inclusion of the Winter Soldier, which was a relatively new comic book story, only came out in 2005, and they, they put it in the movie uh, that only came out a few years ago, um, but the story's so great with Bucky coming back as the Winter Soldier, oh, uh, yeah. giving Cap that dynamic to have with Bucky that I know so many kind of fangirls love out there, <laughs> you know? I, I know if Kelly Jade's still hanging around, I know she's going to be blowing that up in she, two seconds. She's definitely <laughs> thrown on there. She <laughs> says that Cap is her favorite, but uh, Bucky in little parentheses, so you know... <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, him bringing to the table Falcon and so much with Romanoff, you know, the Black Widow in the Winter Soldier and Civil oh, War. Yeah. Like, he's helping develop all of these characters as he goes along the way. And I just think for a character who a lot of the time in comics is ignored as kind of the Superman equivalent of too perfect to tell a decent story, uh, the MCU is just getting this absolutely right and showing you how human Captain America really is. And like you said, if they would have rushed through it, it would have been sloppy and... Uh Oh, DC here says that he loves that Cap's learning movie references. That that's a <laughs> hilarious aspect to the. And I absolutely agree that it's just it's fun that they're taking their time and like we're really seeing him grow into yes. our world, not just like like you said in a movie. He's like, okay, I'm good with this. You know, he's still getting <laughs> used to it. Now, one thing I know is in the Winter Soldier, they showed this dude why he was the first Avenger. I mean, this one shot here where he just wrecked this like elevator full oh, of highly yeah. trained S.H.I.E.L.D. agents was just an amazing scene. And they did everything to really capture that this guy is not only in peak physical condition, but he's a master tactician. You know, and it's just a beast mode. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, so cool. So cool. All right. But where does the future lead for Cap now that he is a vigilante? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you guys aren't caught up yet, you know, <laughs> you might want to close your ears. But yeah, man, Civil War definitely changed the... Uh, the landscape. Yeah, the landscape for what's going on. So, yeah, what, what's happening here, man? Well, here we've got two kind of fan theories on where Cap goes from here. Uh, basically, throughout history, Cap has run into a few instances in comics where he's had to kind of put put down the mantle of Captain America. Uh, first off, on the left, uh, is that my right? I don't know. I can't <laughs> tell if it's backwards. I'm looking at it. The guy in the yellow. Right. It, both of these are Steve Rogers. Right. Both of them are Captain America at different periods of his life. In yellow there, he's he calls himself Nomad and he travels the land um, kind of just fighting and doing his thing, but without the affiliation of any sort of team or government or anything. He just yeah. wanted to give all that up, you know, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of where he's at. And I know uh, Charbel has been mentioning a few times that he thinks that's where the character's kind of leading. Yeah. You know, I have. It looks like even here in our comments, people are saying nomad. So yeah. it seems like a lot of people think that that's fun. But continue, man. This is really cool. Oh, no problem. I have a little bit of a different theory because most people uh, would think that this character is the U.S. agent. Mm -hmm. Right. But originally he was simply called the captain. 
Oh, right? okay. And was Steve Rogers when the guy who becomes U.S. agent took the mantle of Captain America? Because basically Cap is nomad. And then yeah. they're like, well, we need a Captain America. So they just suit up some other Joker, you know? And then Cap's like, all right, well, whatever. I'm still going to rock my Captain outfit you know, and just be the captain then since there is a Captain America and people won't get him confused. Uh, kind of looks like you'd get him confused, but you see what I'm driving at. What so, do you guys think? Do you think it's Nomad? Do you think it's the captain? Well, the one thing that really makes me think it might go full on the captain here is because he has an adamantium shield that he gets made for him to replace his vibranium shield, which he wasn't allowed to keep. Oh, man. So, when you think about this new deal. Yeah. Get this man a shield. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of you here. So, so but stop again, me. he's in Wakanda. I'm pretty sure he can get him another vibranium shield. That's but, true. You know, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I think the inclination may be the same of more of he's just the captain, you know, instead of Captain America. I mean, I think the whole thing of, of calling him Nomad would confuse a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, one thing, while like we said, Marvel's had the liberty of like keeping a lot of their stuff the same. At the same time, when you look at the Civil War story and what we got, I mean, I love the movie, don't get me wrong, but I mean, of course, it's, you know, it, it really does kind of streamline it, you know? Yes. So it's like, I'm sure the same thing here. While maybe they'll just leave it Steve Rogers. And yeah. Some people will think it's the captain. Some people will think it's no matter. It'll be a choose yeah. your own adventure. Yeah. They, they don't really need to brand them and sell a toy at this point. So it's fine. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to see in what sense of the mythos of the original history the character falls into simply because, like we've said, so many elements of these films are so in line with what happened in comics. And it's funny how these are almost working backwards, yeah. you know, with like Civil War, Winter Soldier, you know, now you're going back to like the 70s 80s with your nomad the captain stories you know so it's it's pretty wild but that's pretty much going to get us back up to where cap is at now where his role is a little bit ambiguous but we can tell he's leading a team you know he's leading a group of guys out there he's fighting with the wakandan army with the hulk is with them bucky's with them natasha's with them falcons with them even war machine was with them so who knows what's going on out there but apparently he's going to have a major major role to play in infinity war and I can't wait to see what it is, regardless of what he suits up as. Oh, absolutely, man. So let's see what else is uh, going on here. All right. Well, last but not least, we are going to go with our power rating, right? We want to find out how he stacks up as one of the top six Avengers of all time of the Power Hour of Love's official Avenger rating. So we're going to do this in a six-part rating system that you guys are going to have to help us with all right oh so yeah we're gonna we're gonna fill in the blanks on most of them but we need a little bit of help here at the end so stick around and give us a hand okay oh absolutely man we got we definitely got a lot of viewers here man everyone seems to really be digging up oh, we see justin case join the party man we, awesome we've been jumping in for a while man sorry we've been just covering cat man but it seems like he's digging it man he's talking nice. about ant man and stuff man <laughs> so let's see what's going on here al bandito all right well first up we have our first category is powers and abilities right now now, Cap has a medley of powers and abilities, a lot of which people don't even really talk about. First and foremost is obviously his enhanced physique, you know, his stamina, his super strength, his agility, his uh, above average healing, because he, he obviously can take some hits and keep on moving you know so his enhanced physique i would say is a super boon for him what do you think oh absolutely man you are you know. just loving that picture you're like just smiling <laughs> and cap there you're like oh 
<laughs> oh man, no, I'm just thinking about some stuff as as, as we go through Cap's uh, just strengths. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, next up, he's the master tactician and combatant extraordinaire, man. I mean, you always see him on the field, on the team, leading the charge, calling out the shots. You know, in the in the uh, all the different films. You know, he's always taking charge, and people trust his. Uh, tactical skills you know his layout his assessment of the battlefield he obviously has some sort of correlation between his expertise in combat for all the years he spent in war um, and something to do with his enhanced physique really giving him the ability to read a situation very very quickly much much faster than I think an average man would Um, I would like to just real quick this is my favorite film Captain America outfit this is what he wore in Asia Ultron Okay, okay I love that extra little red just think it works loved it <laughs> oh uh kelly jade said here that uh in that last pick you know that we were just looking at yeah. that uh agent carter was like let me tap that <laughs> i think even when agent carter like met him later on like after he got him frozen she was probably still like well, let me tap that <laughs> <laughs> it'd be what a way to go <laughs> maybe that's oh, never mind i'm not gonna go there <laughs> all right a lot of people don't realize he's also an amazing sketch artist Right now, this could have been an ability he had before he became Captain America, uh, but he certainly had it after. You know, in this shot from the movie, he's drawing himself as a dancing monkey because he's he's upset with just selling war bonds. He thinks he could be out, you know, in the war actually helping out, which is what he eventually does. You know, he 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 goes for it. Um, but in this scene, they show what an amazing artist he is. And I did some research on this, and it turns out that canonically, within the comics, he is a fabulous artist. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that that was actually like one of his skill sets. Yeah. Now, get this. They speculate, you know, that the general consensus is that he's that way because the writers and creators of the comic book, again, they envisioned this guy as what they felt they would do if they had the opportunity. You know, like they wanted the U.S. to go over and stop the Blitzkrieg on London and, you know, stop all the oppression that the Nazis were doing. So this is them. They drew an embodiment of themselves getting the serum, going and kicking butt. And that's why he's such a good artist. You know, That's pretty awesome, man. And like I said, it's cool that there's some actual uh, comic related ties to that. Yeah, definitely cool. All right, and last but not least, Cap is more than what came out of a bottle, man. <laughs> it's one of the best lines in the Avengers when Tony tells him, he's like, well, be a hero like you, Cap, you're no hero. You know, you're a lab rat, Rogers. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. Every, yeah, everything special about you came out of a bottle. Oh, like right here, DC's saying, you know, Cap might be the leader, but Thor's a god. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, definitely kind of in that same uh, ballpark, you know. Absolutely. It's, like, you know, it's definitely, you, you, but that's the thing. I think what's cool about the Avengers is they all bring their skill sets to the table. Yeah, but also, too, like, he really goes so much more beyond it. And Tony, having only met this guy for a few days, didn't really understand it. You know, he was kind of looking at it through the rose-colored glasses of his father's eyes when his dad really knew the man, you know? And when you go back and you look at the Captain America films, whether it be Winter Soldier, Civil War, or the first Avenger, he's a good man trying to look out for people, you know? He's like, I don't like bullies. I don't want to go kill Nazis. I want to stop bullies from hurting other people, you know? Then he goes on to... 
uh, the Winter Soldier where he's like, why are we spying on people? Why are we invading people's privacy in their homes? And he's standing up for people's personal liberties. You know, then you go on to Civil War, same token. Now we're registering and restraining people. We've got Wanda imprisoned in the Avengers uh, uh, complex. Like, I'm not going to stand for that. You know, he looks out for other people because of the goodness of who he is, which is one of the things Dr. Erston told him to do. You know, no matter what you do, be a good man. Absolutely, man. Well, definitely, yeah, we've definitely attributed that Cap's strengths are definitely high up there. I mean, definitely, like I said, even from the moral standpoint, you know, just like Absolutely. he's definitely that, that driving it home, you know. he's. On, I don't want to say he's as, you know, like when you look at Superman, you know, it's like always that good, 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 you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely has, but he's in that same realm where it's just like, it's hard to find like flaws with Cap, you know? Absolutely, man. So we gave our rating for his power and abilities at an eight out of 10. So pretty good. Absolutely. All right. Next up, we're going to judge the role in the battle for New York, right? Now, this is the iconic battle that kind of kicked off the whole Infinity War because obviously that's Thanos' army led by Loki that came to Earth in the original Avengers. The Shatiri or Shatari? Shatari. Shatari. That's yeah. yeah. The Shatiri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I was calling. Get those Shatiris out of here. <laughs> but yeah, those guys were definitely pretty gnarly. They came to Earth. It was the big battle that debuted the Avengers. It's what the Avengers initiative was kind of a put together for. Uh, it's, it's what Phil Coulson gave it all for man <laughs> you know um, but what was Cap's role in the battle for New York now I have to say we gave him a six mm-hmm. right now you may be thinking that might seem a little low but let's keep in mind he was on the ground and he was saving lives he was saving people I mean nothing could be a more important job than that but by the same token Tony took the atom bomb out of there. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Hulk was dropping the great big giant monsters. Thor stopped Loki, you know? Yeah. So while Cap absolutely coordinated everything on the ground and probably saved uh, an innumerable amount of people all on his own and with his tactical skills of being able to contain the battle and everything like that, um, a lot of that may have played out okay if the other Avengers or someone else had taken up the mantle in his stead. But I still am going to say that at a, power, at, at, at a rating of six, he was very crucial to saving the day there. Sure. All right. Thanks for the contribution. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're up to the assemble score, man. Now this is one I thought would be a lot of fun because it's who they bring to the table. So who does Captain America bring to the table? Who, who do you think of when you think of Captain America? Oh, man, well, like you said, Bucky. You yep. know, definitely you know, always a classic uh, sidekick. You know, and, and like you said, I think the Marvel Universe where they keep a lot of stuff to the comics, I think doing what they did with Bucky was a smart move. Yeah. You know, I think the age of like the, you know, young ward kind of sidekick kind of thing is kind of it's definitely drying up and even when you see like you know in certain you know movies like batman even in the 90s you know Mm -hmm. dick grayson really wasn't a kid i mean he was like a teenager young adult but he wasn't like a child you know Mm -hmm. so i think yeah i think what they did updating him to where he is i think has worked out perfectly especially with their plans for the later movies so absolutely yeah so definitely he brings bucky to the table he's also bringing falcon to the group oh yeah you know which is a huge commodity i know he's got sharon carter on his side sure you know agent 13 you know famous comic book you know niece of peggy carter you know from back in the day but most notably to me like one of i think the biggest boons that they're kind of just releasing is that he's really roping black panther into the avengers here sure i know when you look at black panther's role and the other movie, mm-hmm. and of course, we have that exciting Black Panther movie coming up next month. You know, I can't wait Absolutely. for that. 
And uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. He kind of was that, you know, that middleman to say, hey, you know, I mean, of course, Black Panther was trying to get him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, the, towards the end there, it seems like, yeah, that's where it's going to all kind of pull together. Absolutely. They worked things out and they're getting together to go battle Thanos in the Infinity War now. So he's bringing all those people to the table. So we're giving him a solid five on the side of the heroes on the villain side. He's brought Dr. Zola. He's brought Baron Zemo. He's brought the Red Skull. Now, one of my favorite theories is that the Red Skull may return with Thanos. Yeah, right? that would be pretty cool. Because the, the Tesseract kind of seemed like it beamed him out into outer space. He may be out there hanging out with Thanos' boys and stuff. I don't sure. know. It'd be great to see him return with the Red Skull, especially Hugo Weaving, who just absolutely crushed the role. That was great. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait to see him back. Yeah, and he was so good and so iconic in it. There's no way I couldn't give him five on the villains. But, dude, Baron Zemo was so bad in Civil War. Like, so not like the comics at all. Um, Okay, I'm sorry. I should have been rolling through some of these slides. So here we got Falcon, Bucky, Sharon Carter, and Black Panther. Uh, Here are all these guys here, yeah. (laughs) Talk about the Marvel. But here's here's Zemo. Yeah. And here's how he looks in the comics. (laughs) So super similar. Definitely doesn't (laughs) live up to the, yeah. Yeah. So maybe he'll develop into something a little later. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we're basically giving him a 9 out of 10 on that one. Negative one point for Trappy Baron Zemo. <laughs> Didn't like that interpretation at all. All right, his straight-up Avenger score. Yeah, I think we, you know, both, we, we kind of <laughs> talked about this before the show kicked off tonight, and it was like, Cap is the Avengers. Yeah. I mean, they are all the Avengers, the but first, yeah. I mean, he's the first Avenger. Yeah, I mean, you know? so you got to get, you know, I, I I don't know, maybe, you know, you guys can let us know in the comments what you guys think. Like, do you think, uh, you know, is there a higher rated event? You know, like, <laughs> just, just the, we're not saying if you like an Avenger better, but when you say the Avengers, yeah. who's the first guy, you think? Yeah, you is know? there someone who embodies it more than Captain America? I think not. <laughs> I mean, even looking at that picture right there, Cap's in the middle, you see the shield. Yeah. You know, I don't know, maybe you can see Thor's hammer in there too, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you definitely see that shield. Yeah, he's the quintessential Avenger, no doubt about it. Um, then we have our own personal scores. 10 out of 10, Cap is absolutely my favorite Avenger. I think he's amazing. I love everything he stands for. Um, I think in a lot of ways, I definitely aspire to try to just be the kind of good person that he is. Um, so love it. Love them. 10 out of 10. All right. I, I gave uh, Cap an 8. I know. Don't don't blow me up in the comments <laughs> here. I mean, the thing is, is there's definitely a few Avengers that I do like better than Captain America. Like I said, I still definitely would say, if you're going to say Avengers, which, you know, one embodies it, Cap all the way. But yeah. I do have some other favorite Avengers, but like El Bandito said at the beginning of the program, we're going to be uh, doing this every month leading up to, uh, you know, the Infinity War, you know, talking about a different Avenger. And man, yeah, you know, you guys will find out in a future episode who's my favorite. Absolutely. Um, But like I said also earlier, we need your help to round out these scores. So we're going to give you guys the opportunity to vote in your very own category, the listener score, right? So what we want you guys to do is that we are going to attribute one point to every comment we get, whether it's here on Facebook or YouTube, where you say that you love Captain America. Now, again, you can love another Avenger. That's fine. But for every person who comments that they love something, blah, 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 if the word love and Captain America is in the comment, we're going to give Cap a point. Feel free to comment as many times as you like. Show your love for Captain America, man. And let us know that 
how you feel about them. You know, if you want to vote 10 times, vote 10 times. You don't want to vote at all, don't vote at all. Save it for another Avenger. Vote for him 10 times, you know. But this is where you can do your part to say that Cap is your number one Avenger, is your first Avenger. <laughs> Absolutely. I see a Don Fox here is asking the big question, who's next? Well, man, you know, not that we're, you know, we're going to still, we, we, you know, we air every Monday night, so we're still going to have shows between now and then. But come February, you'll definitely find out who we're talking about next. Absolutely, guys. But for right now, that's going to wrap it up for our Infinity War countdown. We're going to jump into our next set of Podunk News. Oh, yeah. Podunk News. Oh, man, here we go for our second set of the night, man. We hope you guys are digging it, man. You know, we, we say we're the power hour of love, but it looks like tonight we're going for the power two hours of love because <laughs> we got plenty of stuff still to share with you guys. Man, we're rocking it over here. We hope you guys are having fun. But here now we're going to tell you about some of the crazy stories that are going on out in this podunk world. Absolutely, man. So starting it off here, man, this is a little bit of a sad story. We always like to try to kind of mix in some video game stuff. But, man, this is kind of a nutty one as well. Yeah. Man, a California man has been arrested after he killed his mother, who he blamed that she broke his video game headset. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of these wireless headsets are a couple hundred bucks, but it's your mother, dude. I mean, yeah. what are you thinking of, man? I mean, you know, not to say, I mean, you know, you can never really put a face on, you know, a killer or someone that just loses their mind. But, man, this guy, you know, he looks like a, some dude we might hang out with, you know, yeah. a fellow nerd or something like that. You know, it just, come on, man, really, yeah. over a headset? Apparently this is someone who has rage issues or rage control problems, man. You know, it says he was 28 years old. His mother was 68. So, that, you know, a bit of a bit of an age difference there and where you could very easily hurt someone you didn't mean to. But, man, sure. you got to keep that shit in check. What are you doing? I mean, you're almost 30, dude. Get it together, bro. And from the understanding through the article was he actually loaded up a gun and fired it at his mother. No so, way. I mean, it definitely wasn't a physical <laughs> okay. contact kind of thing. Yeah, he that changes things. There was definitely a... Uh, this guy's just a shot. shit heel then. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. And, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of you know people out there going to try to be like, oh, video games are yeah. responsible for violence and stuff. But, no, like you said, sometimes mentally unstable people, you know. I, I know. I mean, like, there's a lot of times my mom comes in here and starts touching around the power hour junk and mess with it. She's like, oh, I'm going to clean it for you. <laughs> and, you know, I may beat her around a little. I don't kill her. You know? <laughs> man, man, we... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't beat my mom. I love you, mom. I'm just clowning. Well, here, let's get into a more happier story. This one's just bringing it down. All right. Here's one more in tune with what we were just talking about. How about this, guys? Go for it, man. You want to take this one? Oh, sure. I'll let everybody know. So the Avengers 4 has completed its primary filming. Oh, yeah. You know? So the Russo brothers, the directive team of brothers who uh, are directing the film, uh, they presented the crew with a giant celebration cake in the shape of Thanos. So it's, you know, we, we got a, kind of a small graphic here. It's, just, it's such a tall cake. It was hard to get a good photo of it. But yeah, man, it's this very lifelike Thanos at the top. You know, oh, a galaxy so on nice. the bottom. It's two tiers where they're reaching up. And it looks like Black Widow's hand is holding up that second tier of cake. You know, so, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Like, what does this hand have to do? I was like, I wonder if this promotional footage is going to, like, you know, <laughs> give something away. But man, that cake looked phenomenal. It, I mean, it looked like it came out of that with a cake boss or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, went out of his place. 
places, man. It looks so cool, man. So on point. I'm sure you could like sit there and be like, I want a piece of Thanos and break off the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like Thanos himself is probably made out of modeling chocolate or something. So he's probably just a big solid block of carved <laughs> chocolate. He's probably delish. Um, um, sure, man. I, I wish they could send us a piece, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I think it's probably the only time I've ever been like, like me a piece of that Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one of those Infinity Stones, please. I know. I'm pretty sure a lot of Avengers are going to get a piece of Thanos's ass pretty soon, though. Oh, so. you, you know it, man. You know it. Well, you know, also during our, our Podunk News segment, we also like to tell you guys about some of the awesome events that are coming around, man. Well, you know, we're big fans of morbid movies, uh, South Florida uh, business, man. They love to bring classic horror movies back to the big screen for you guys. And, man, this month it's very special, man. We've got the 50th anniversary of Night of the Living Dead coming to you uh, Friday January 19th, so next next uh, Friday, man. It kicks off at 9.30. It's at the Movies of Lake Worth, man. Very nice movie theater. I mean, they got great snacks. It's only going to cost you 10 bucks to get in there. Check out this classic film, man. You know, they're coming for you, Martha. You know, they're coming. You know, uh, Marsha, Marsha, not Martha. <laughs> I think it's worth noting, too, this is a, fe- a special 4K remastered edition. Yes. So this thing is going to look hot, man. If you never saw the original... Go to see it. Morbid Movies is down in Lake Worth. You know, like we said, Friday, January 19th, 9.30 p.m. The first 100 people get a raffle ticket and a button for yep. free just, yep. for, just for showing up. You know, you pay your money and you get a raffle ticket and you could win awesome prizes. I mean, these guys have great prizes down there. Ten bucks to get in the door. You get your raffle ticket, your button, and you get to see this epic movie on the big screen. Oh, absolutely, man. It's kind of cool after you go to a couple of the morbid movie showings, you kind of get these collection of buttons and stuff. And, yeah. they, and it is. It's like a real cool just takeaway memento from, from the events. You know, it's just something you get for with your admission. Absolutely, man. So definitely support Morbid Movies. You can check them out here on Facebook. I don't know if they've announced any more movies, but, man, they're going to keep it going, man. They've been running for, like, the last two or three years. So definitely big ups to them, man. You know it. All right, that's going to about wrap it up for that segment of the news. Let's dive back into our last 25 games. Now that we're running a little long, we're probably going to power through them like crazy. Oh, but we yeah. still want to get you guys the info that you can only get here on the Power Hour of Love. Let's go check it out. And, oh, yeah, we wanted to say thanks to you guys for staying up late with us, man. We still got an awesome number of guests here. Keep throwing some stuff in the comment, man, sharing it on your pages, man. We love you guys, man. We're loving that you're digging the video games. You're digging the Captain America talk, man. Like I said, but now, like El Bandito said, man, we're going to dive into those 25 other games that you guys should be paying attention to in 2018. Absolutely, man. First up, we got Metal Gear Survive. Oh, man, you know, Metal Gear 5, the fan. <laughs> Pain was a huge game. Came out a few years ago now, man. Everyone really dug it. Now I know this one really has a little bit of a of a, of a side mark because it's like the first time that the creator of the Metal Gear series isn't involved, and it has different um, play styles and stuff. I think some sort of like zombie kind of thing is getting yeah. into Metal Gear, so it might be kind of weird. But hey, you know, sometimes you got to give these things a chance. You guys, let us know what you think in the comments of this one. Absolutely, man. But right along those same lines, we got Metro Exodus, right? Now, the Metro series is another game series. The last one uh, was Metro Last Night, or Last Light, I'm sorry. Um, This one picks up right where that one ended off in a wasteland version of Moscow inhabited with mutants and stuff like that. So this is another action-adventure shooter game, man. So there should be plenty of friendly faces from the previous games, and it sounds like it's going to be pretty kicking. 
All right, we got another one of these like cutesy, <laughs> you know, little indie games. Uh, this one is from Meowza Games. You, you heard that right, Meowza Meow. Games. Uh, it's an Animal Crossing-like adventure, um, and it's bursting with cuteness, dude. There you go. That's that. That's <laughs> what we got to say with this one. You know, like I yeah. say, you know, this is popular now. This art style and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, these stylized games. Players inhabit a land of cats, and they go about managing a market stall, exploring, crafting, and collecting resources. So very cool there. Um, this is Monster Hunter World, all right, which is kind of like the name that like your five-year-old nephew would give <laughs> a game if they created it. It's Monster Hunter World, you know. But from this art and like what's going on in like the trailer, I want to play this. It is awesome, right? You're a monster hunter in a world filled with giant, larger-than-life monsters, and you just go around killing them. We don't really need to say much else. This is going to be awesome. Go and play it. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Yeah, and this is one of the few games that we know is coming out January 26th. Awesome. So this is right around the corner. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Railway Empire coming at you. Okay, so I take it is this uh, is this like a, one of those um, you know like zoo tycoons or something? Yeah, where you kinda yeah, like make strategy your- world building sort of game, you know, based around making your own locomotive system. I mean, a couple hundred years ago, this was all everybody did, man. You know, oh, this is this is how the people made their big money. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to get to sit down and and play a thing like that. You know, if you're into that sort of thing. Jimmy P over here is saying that Monster Hunter is actually one of the most anticipated games, at least in some of the crews that he's run with. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like it has a big fan base, but man, we don't know if it if it matches this fan base right here, man. <laughs> the Red Dead Redemption Part Two. And again, like I've said so many times before, I'll believe it when I see it. When it hits a shelf <laughs> at a Walmart near me, I'll be surprised. Now, one thing I could say about this game, just going by what they've shown us so far, it looks like they're really going to expand on the world that you can explore in. You know, you got like a canoe, you can go into the lake. And, you know, it's not just like your typical, you know, uh, Wild West shootout kind of mm-hmm. in the bar. It looks like it's going to have a whole it's going to you know, probably be, uh, be bigger than what they offered in GTA 5 and, of course, your, you know, Red Dead Redemption. You know, so definitely it's, it should be quite an adventure. Absolutely, man. I know Party Man Will out there is just chomping at the bit to play that game. Oh, you know it, man. I'm surprised he hasn't blown up any comments yet. But we are running <laughs> a little later, so he may have had to jump off. But all right, we're looking at the return of the Obra Dinn. Okay. Well, you familiar with this one? Uh, you know, honestly, now, no. I, I'm, I'm not. I've never heard of this one before. This one has a real throwback look to it, right? So it's created by Lucas Pope, the maker of Papers, Please. Uh, this startlingly monochrome mystery game, because it's all in black and white, okay. is set aboard an abandoned 19th century ship. The player takes on the role of an insurance adjuster who <laughs> explores the vessel to find out the fate of its crew. That sounds pretty cool, right? I like it. Yeah, like so it. it's very old school. It's like you said, almost like a, a point-and-click mystery. Okay. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some different element to it, though, but, I mean, it's really looking wild. It looks like you can shoot guns, like you're going to get attacked by stuff, maybe some ghost mysteries or crazy pirate crew. Like, who knows? There's not a lot of info out on it yet, but the stylized look of it is really catching people's eyes, man, so it's pretty cool. I'm going to have to put that on my wish list. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Sea of Thieves. Now, you know, I, I know at E3 they showed off a yes. lot of like pirate, 
you know, thieves kind of deal. Now, is this that one pirate game where you could like shoot people out of cannons yes. and stuff like that? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm cool. pretty sure that's exactly what this is. And it has this cooperative play where you can get together or you can play with other like NPC characters, but you go around and you get to just explore and loot treasure and just be a real pirate. And it's kind of cartoony looking and stuff, so it's not very violent or anything like that. Um, but it's very kind of Pirates of the Caribbean y sort of fun. Sure. So this really looked like something fun to me that that I dug. So I really I really am keeping an eye out for this one. Well, Jimmy Z over here, he's definitely saying that he's very excited about Sea of Thieves. So it sounds like <laughs> it definitely has its fans out there. We're gonna have to co op, man. We're gonna have to co op. <laughs> there you go. All right, we got Shadow of the Tomb Raider, man. I, I don't know how I anticipated you could be for a game series that makes a game every year. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I know like a few years back when um uh I think Square got involved with them and they kind of like re, you know, like started it back up, you know, mm -hmm. so it's not like the continuing story from the old PC games. So, you know, I think this kind of blends into that. But you're yeah. right. I know they did just release one like um, back when I was picking up another game. and I was like, oh, they're doing another Tomb Raider. Huh? So. Yeah, I have a feeling this is another film tie in, you know, because that, okay. that Tomb Raider movie is coming out later this year. It's, it's going to be kind of kind of another just tie in sort of game. When are we going to get the it tie in? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're definitely getting Soul Calibur 666. Well, you know, it's funny, man. Like we were saying earlier about fighting games, you yeah. know, we were talking about uh, Dragon Ball and stuff like that. Same mm -hmm. thing. I know this Soul Calibur has a huge following. One thing I always remember about Soul Calibur is like different systems get different, like, exclusive yeah, fighters. Yeah. Like, remember Link was part of the I, one? I can tell you, this is probably why people are excited oh. about it right here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This has never really blown my skirt up as a fighting game. But yeah, you're right. I've seen that, how, like, they'll get Link on one. You'll get to play as like Master Chief on another or something yeah, crazy like yeah. that. And they have all sorts of crazy characters that they put into this. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. Here's a much anticipated one. This is the game that makes me want to buy a PS4, bro. I am telling you. <laughs> now, you know, we all love going back or at least thinking of those memories, you know, back playing like the PS2 and playing those old Spider-Man games. Yeah. This game looks like it's going to be so much fun. So cool. We're going to like... It's probably going to be almost like the, the where Arkham Asylum was like yes. the equivalent of being Batman. Yeah, finally going to have a game where you feel like you are Spider Man. Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're saying. It's very akin to uh, the experience you had with the Arkham series, and this game is totally built on Sunset Overdrive's engine. Oh wow! So, so it should be pretty impressive. Really you know? off the wall, kind of just flying all over the place. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and that I, I'm sure it's going to be great. Like you said, really makes me want to chuck out the money for a PS4. Absolutely, man. Uh, State of Decay. Two. What's really cool is I've actually I remember when State of Decay first came out. Like I actually got it like on like one of those free weekends or something mm -hmm. like that, and I played it for a good like ten hours, and it was great because you know you get to collect all these different playable characters, right? But what happened was is like during the game, like when you like leave the game, like if you didn't shut a door or something, like the game almost kind of continues <laughs> to happen. Yeah. So like when I loaded the game back up, like all my people were like dead except for like one guy that like I guess ran away, and I was like, "What the hell happened?" Yeah. You know, I thought there'd be a little more tutorial to it, so I kind of never really went back. But it was a very like cool idea. So I'm yeah, sure I kind of hate that shit in games, but you know, they're saying a four-player co-op is the main thrust of you know this state of decay you know so that'll That's be pretty cool. awesome <laughs> oh i see uh jimmy z down here saying that uh maybe in this uh new spider-man game we'll find out what happened to uncle ben now real quick <laughs> funny story about that 
<laughs> we had the uh, Spider-Man the movie mm-hmm. on uh, uh, the the game on on PS2, but it had a scratch in it. So like when you'd play it, like on that first uh, level, he's like, "I gotta find out what happened to Uncle Ben," <laughs> but it kept repeating that over and over and over again. So that's what he's referencing there. So good nice. callback, man. All right. 30th anniversary of Street Fighter. Absolutely, man. You know, that, that's the original Street Fighter game that came out back in like 80, you know, 1988, I guess. So it's like, yeah, man, this is like going to be, an all, I think, also an exclusive PlayStation. But yeah, it's going to have like every like Street Fighter game, like up till, I don't know if it has the newest one, but definitely the classics, you know, the original Street Fighter, all the like. 16 different variations of like street fighter 2 that came out so this is kind of like the master chief collection of street fighter games we have all the street fighter games pretty much i think this also ties into remember we were talking about that cartridge Mm -hmm. now this itself is like a playstation name but remember we talked about that cartridge that they were making but it could set your super nintendo on fire so yeah 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 they they were remaking the original (laughs) cartridge you could buy and it was like it came with a huge warning about it overheating and exploding your game systems so Oh, man, Eric G here, he's talking about the old Street Fighter II anime. I absolutely remember that, man, because one thing I remember about it is it had an awesome soundtrack. Honestly, I I don't want to say it's the first time, like, I had heard Korn and some of these other, but I remember, like, when they brought it over here to America, they put a bunch of, like, American metal bands, (laughs) like, and it was a good anime. I mean, it was, like, you know, action, you saw all the characters. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure Chung Lee got nude for like a shower scene and one. Like I said, very much. So a, it was like a, a thousand times better than the movie. Right? Oh yeah, the, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like what's funny is I think the movie came out first, and like you know over in Japan yeah. they were like, what? They, they just facepalmed that, and they were like, let, let, let's let's show them what it's really about. But it was <laughs> it was an awesome anime. Oh, that's great, man. I'll have to check that one out sometime. Maybe it's on some streaming systems or something. But there uh, you go. next up here we've got System Shock. Oh, man, now, th- is this a remake of the old game? Absolutely. 1994's first-person sci-fi classic opens up some areas in the original as well by tidying up dialogue and filling plot holes. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Like, I know System Shock has been a, um, I-, I mean, a lot of games call that, like, a uh, spiritual successor. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bioshock, mm-hmm. you know, System Shock was like a... a uh, or Bioshock was a spiritual successor to System Shock. So I'm sure a lot of fans will go back and now play this one. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's super cool. And with the success of the like the Resident Evil Zeros and stuff like that, I could definitely see how remaking these games and adding extra elements to it, even the first couple Halo games in the Master Chief Collection, yes. you know, getting to replay some of these old things are just fantastic. Absolutely, man. Oh, speaking of getting to replay some old school stuff. Oh, man, I am so stoked to hear about <laughs> this one, man. I, don't, I mean, I know back in the day, I mean, I definitely had a Super Nintendo, but I was also mm-hmm. one of those lucky kids that had the Sega Genesis as well. And man, Toe Jam and Earl, that was my jam, man. It was such <laughs> a great party game. You know, I mean, there was only two players, but mm-hmm. like you guys could trade off or if you fell back to the end. It was cool because you kind of like went up to the different levels. Now, I know they made a couple sequels that were never really, you know, yeah, as, as good as the original. Yeah, yeah. Now, from what I heard, though, I think this uh, Back in the Groove is going to definitely be in the uh, v- same vein as the first game it's going to be back in the groove dude you got it you got it. it's right in the name <laughs> all right next up we've got total wars the thrones of britannia 
Okay, so what's going on in this game, Albandy? This this is another real-time strategy game. Okay. So okay. this is very cool. I used to have one of the Total Wars games back in the day. And, yeah, it's kind of in that classic World of Warcraft RTS style, man. Oh, cool. Uh, this cool. is a spinoff of the like historical game. It's focused on pivotal moments in history rather than the whole of an era. So the first entry is all about Vikings that attack uh, Britain. So, oh, that's cool, man. Like, like I said, I love that some of these older styles of gameplay don't die. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's it's fun sometimes to load up some of those old games, even if you got to put like DOS box or something yeah. on your computer and you got the old disc or something. But like, yeah, man, just some of those uh, real time strategies are just oh just yeah, a blast. yeah, super good because it's simple and it just works. You know, and, and that sometimes is the best thing in a game. You know, uh, Travis strikes again. No more heroes. Are you familiar with this guy? Now I know no more heroes is like an ongoing uh, series, so I take it that this has some sort of tie-in with that. Well, this is a Nintendo Switch exclusive, right? And it once again stars Travis Touchdown, the star of the previous No More Games or oh, No More Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, yeah. no more games. No <laughs> more of these games. Damn it! Uh, the first one launched back in 2007, so it's been a minute yeah, since they had yeah. one of these games. Uh, it was on the Nintendo Wii and. Uh, there was a sequel that followed it up in 2010, and then this is a sequel to that. Oh, you know it, man. You know, like like I said, I I know the artwork, obviously mm-hmm. very Jap, you know, uh, anime style. You there know, you kind of, you know. So definitely, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it, it looks cool, but man, this next game, though, well, what's going on? Yeah, here? this is the latest entry in Calypso's political management simulation. Uh, it's going to be tougher than its 2014 predecessor, but as a dictator, it's the player's job to keep warring factions happy. Lest oh. they grow, lest they gang up and throw a coup. So political speech making also makes a return, offering opportunities for the sort of uh, dishonest self-aggrandizing loved by tiny pot uh, authoritarians. Oh well, I mean, you know, you think of games like Civilization and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and it seems like this is kind of a. a uh, extension. Yeah, almost. yeah, like this yeah. is kind of like Civilizations, except you're like purposely being like a crappy dictator. <laughs> to people, so it's pretty That's wild. True. I'm That's not, true. yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But we've got Valkyrie. I think it's Valkyria. Va- Va- Can you got you got that one? V- Valkyria Chronicle Chronicles Four. Yeah, Valkyria. Valkyria. Chron- <laughs> I don't know. It's we got this cool game of Valkyries uh, in it. Valkyria. Cha cha cha. <laughs> Sorry guys, this is this is when Power Hour goes past ten thirty. <laughs> so these uh, distinctive watercolor visuals are making a comeback with a new story in this Japanese RPG series. It takes place in a war vaguely reminiscent of early twentieth century conflicts on the continent of Europa. So it features a new class of soldier, the Grenadier, and the game is sticking to its roost of turn-based strategy-style battle systems. So kind oh, okay. of uh, Final Fantasy. Think Final Fantasy. Sure, sure. I mean, it definitely it sounds like it's an ongoing series, like it mentioned. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it has its fans out there. Absolutely, man. All right. And then we got Vampire, which looks like this rad new game. It's coming to all sorts of platforms. It's a third-person action role-playing game set in 1918 London where players take on the role of a physician called Jonathan Reed, who is also a vampire. He goes in search of victims, scoping out targets, but he has a conscience, so players can choose carefully who they wish to kill and even play the game without killing anyone. Oh, so this is kind of, you know, this makes me think of... Um, it's like Dexter, the vampire. Yeah, or, or, or <laughs> they, Dishonored, you know, that, that yeah. game kind of had a very similar thing where yeah, you yeah. could stick to the stealth and not 
kill anybody or mm-hmm. you could go on a rampage. So yeah, like you said, but Dexter, that definitely has a Yeah, very, it's like uh, Dexter the Vampire. <laughs> now, I wonder if <laughs> he's going to have to feed, though. He's probably, you know, if he's a vampire, he's probably going to have a, a thirst. You know, yeah, so yeah, but to... again, I think you can, like what it's saying is you can thirst off of um, like bad guys, like enemies, like killers and stuff like that because gotcha. you're, you know... Yeah, you're a physician, so maybe it's people dying or something. Oh, there you go. Just go know. to the hospice. <laughs> Was there a hospice back or then? Donated blood. <laughs> we'll have to wait and the, see on that one. But it sounds animals. cool. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to tell me Dexter was a vampire, I'd play that game. You don't have to tell me anything else about it. <laughs> All right, then we've got Wonder Song. Wonder Song. Wonder Song. This almost sounds like something out of uh, <laughs> freaking Wolfenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. But this is an old school side scroller uh, with a combat system driven by music. Oh, so okay. Wonder Song stars a bard who defeats enemies by solving puzzles using his singing voice alone. Oh, that's okay. So, like, same thing. It has that kind of cutesy kind of look to it. That's yeah. Real, you know. Yeah, and this is Nintendo Switch and PC only. Okay. Okay. So. I'm pretty excited about this next game, though. This is War Games. Okay, so what's going on here? Well, this this is a reimagining of the 1983 Cold War thriller War Games. You remember with Matthew Broderick? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So this is like to play a game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got it, man. So this is set in the modern world, and it's a narrative um, where you control the choices uh, that a hacker called Kelly. Uh, who has the skills to ask difficult questions about how safe we are in the world today, which is dominated by computer networks. So, and you have to go through there. And, and again, this is kind of leading back into that Winter Soldier sort of um, piracy, uh, personal freedom sort of stuff, you know? Yeah, it seems like a very interesting concept. Yeah, and it's all done through these narratives of live action shots. I don't know if this is too small for you guys to see, but it's it's real live action stuff. You know, I know they used to have a foray in that, in kind of the mid '90s, where they would make games in first person, you know, it was like McCready Shootout or something, yes, yes. and it was like real video, and you'd pull Who the shot trigger. Johnny Rock, oh, you know. <laughs> so, but this is going back to that kind of narrative style. So, I, I really thought this was interesting, especially based on the old film, which I really like. Sure, I'll definitely check that one out. All right, we happy few. What can you tell us about this one? Oh man, this game for I, actually, I think the first time I saw footage of it was about two years ago at at E3. I think it was right around the same time that um, Fallout 4 made its debut at E3. So mm-hmm. I think it kind of, you know, Fallout kind of outshone it where it kind of has a very similar story. But it all I know it all takes place in like like a London kind of setting. And, and it's in like the 1960s. And people are being like fed pretty much these drugs to keep them happy. Oh, nice. Now, I don't know the, where the story, I mean, I would assume the story goes that you go off your medicine <laughs> and these creepy looking, well, you know, Bobby kind of yeah. guys are, are, are pretty much hunting you down. But it, it seems like it's a, a almost like a Fallout-esque a Bioshock kind of setup where you're trying to sneak around and stuff. I said, as far as like how the actual gameplay or story goes, like this one's more as so far you've kind of gotten a feel for the environment mm. and it just seems like it's very much going to grasp on to the folks that are like fallout players. So Gotcha. So it's uh, yeah, sounds pretty wild, man. I know I love the artwork again on it. Like that dude looks creepy as hell, <laughs> you know? So I, it tells me a lot about the game just from looking at it, you know, like the feel of it. So absolutely. I think that's pretty cool. What can you tell us about going on in the world of Warcraft? Oh man. You know what do you have to, I given <laughs> world of Warcraft, definitely, a huge amount of credit is that they're going on like their like 14th year of being active. You know, the game came out in 2004 and it just continues to keep going. 
with their expansions and updates and stuff. And I mean, I know there's some folks that we're friends with that are still playing that yeah. started way back then. So, <laughs> I mean, it definitely has its pull. I think back in like 2011, I jumped on for a couple months and I was, uh, running around as a blood elf uh, rogue and having a lot of fun with that. And it was, it was great for the time. I just, I don't know. It kind of, the whole multiplayer thing kind of dries out really quick for me, yeah. except for Friday the 13th. That came wrong. So you guys <laughs> got to get on there. And, well, that game know. is so short. Like every yes. round is so short. It's different all the time where, yeah, that was, that's the same thing that kind of steers me away from a lot of these open world MMOs, you know, it's, it's just, it's just redundant. You're just kind of doing the same thing with a different skin all the time. And, and I don't know, it just doesn't really blow me away. I mean, even the original real-time strategy games that were all Warcraft, uh, to me, were a thousand times more engaging. Even though, again, you're doing the same thing over and over again, but they're short little bursts, and they're 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 always different. Well, you know? if you guys have ever wondered what's kept us from getting a Warcraft four, eventually, <laughs> when this dies, if it ever dies, like we'll probably get <laughs> Warcraft four. But yeah. I mean, it has continued the story. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you've, you know. You've, but you have to kind of, if you were going to jump in now, you'd have to go back and read like everything you've missed because as they've released more and more expansions. like Yeah, I mean, they have panda yeah. bears in it in one part. They got a whole <laughs> kung fu panda. They got wild <laughs> shit in here. That's like, it's almost that kind of daunting thing that, that makes them reset comic books every 15 years. Sure. You know, is that there's so much history that people feel like they can't catch up, you know? Well, I definitely got to give it its credit that, you know, game's almost been out for 15 years and it still is very active. Yeah. It's de- it, it is definitely the king of the MMO. I yeah. mean, like, there's been one. I mean, even that Star Wars game, the the Old Republic that came mm-hmm. out, they, they, everyone thought that that was going to be the one to dethrone. Nope, that game's <laughs> dead now. So, hats off to you, Warcraft. Keep doing what you're doing. People seem to love it. Absolutely, man. I mean, maybe one of these days we'll get back on there. I don't know. But we'll probably be too busy playing Yoshi over <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch. Hey, one thing I got to give the Switch, man, is there's been a lot of games tonight. Yeah. You know? I, mean, they're, I mean, I know it's a relatively new system, but, man, they're cranking out stuff and who better than to get the lovable dinosaur Yoshi in there? <laughs> or Yoshis, I guess. You know, there's like a lot of them. That's like the species name, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what's kicking with that, man. That sounds like they're going to have a lot of fun with that. And, uh, you know, it's Yoshi. We could go on and tell you about it, but you know what it is. It's exactly. Fun. People people, <laughs> people are familiar with them. You know, yeah. but definitely, man, what, what an awesome, I mean, you know, same thing, you know, these games are coming out various <laughs> times during the year. You know, we, we would, I'm sure there's going to be more announcements yeah. as, as the year goes on. But definitely, if you guys know a game that we didn't mention tonight that we need to check out, let us know in the comments, man, and we'll definitely be uh, raving about it soon. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I mean, that's going to wrap it up for our 50 most anticipated games of the year. You can tell there's a lot of those that were way more anticipated about than others, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um, but that's the kind of short list they have and that's going to encompass the entirety of the year for everything that's coming out now there's going to be a lot of new announcements and releases for different games that we didn't mention here tonight as the year progresses and goes on so please feel free to stay tuned with us and check back with us every monday night right here at 9 p.m where we'll normally just be doing an hour maybe 50 (laughs) was too many we'll cut that down to eight for future shows but we had a lot of fun hanging out here with you guys tonight we hope you saw a lot of games that maybe you didn't know were coming out that you're stoked about if you did throw us a like throw us a love make sure to share the video out on your wall so that other people can check it out thank you guys so much for joining us tonight we're going to be back next week with another awesome awesome episode because we wanted to give everyone a little bit of time to make sure that we are going to do a spoiler heavy episode oh it's going to be loaded with them yeah so next week star wars 
The Last Jedi. We're going to tell you what we think about the movie. We're going to tell you what we think about the Star Wars franchise. We're going to be having a lot of Star Wars fun. So if you've seen the movie already, come and join us next week. If you haven't, head over to our YouTube page, hit subscribe, and then that way you can always come back and find it later. Otherwise, we'll see you guys out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you had a fun night. We certainly did. Say goodnight, Senior Boyle. Uh, Good night, everybody. Once again, thanks, everyone, for staying up late with us. You guys have been awesome, great, interactive audience, and we'll see you guys next week. No doubt. We'll see you guys next week, and thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you.